We brought you damn good beer. Now we're delivering to you damn good beef. So damn good that you can now get Wagyu beef at the DMVR bar. That's right. We couldn't resist putting this damn good beef in the bar. So now you can all come down, build your own delicious Hassle Cattle Wagyu beef burger, add all the toppings you want, and enjoy the watch parties with the finest beef. Hassle Cattle is now offering DMVR listeners a buy three, get one free on their flank steaks. These delicious steaks are lean and very flavorful. They should be thinly sliced against the grain when carving. It's an ideal choice if you're looking to marinate. And these steaks are super affordable already. They're only $9.99, and now you can buy three and get one free. All you have to do is use the code DNVRFLANK at checkout. That's D-N-V-R-F-L-A-N-K at checkout for your buy three, get one free. Plus, you can still use our code DNVR10 for 10% off your entire order from Hassle Cattle Company. Uh, there's uh, so many reasons to choose Hassle. Uh, their blue-collar Wagyu beef is the, the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. They've got all sorts of products from the flanks I talked about to smoked sausages, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu frank without any fillers, uh, different jerky flavors, and the reviews are incredible, so definitely check them out. You can go to HassleCattleCompany.com, that's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com, and use promo code DNBR10 for 10% off your order, or use that DNBR flank code to get buy three, get one free flank steaks from Hassle Cattle Company. Love it, love it, love it. Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Draft Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. It's the dog days of summer. There's, you know, a couple of months till we get into the real interesting action football-wise, but it's never too early to start thinking about how we can make a little bit of money on this college football season. And with that in mind, we're going to kind of go through some long shots to win the conference, talk about Heisman odds, all kinds of fun stuff. It's going to be a great podcast. We're all here. We got Andre, we got Jake, we got Henry. I'm Justin. Guys, how's everybody doing? Are you guys pumped? You guys look a little bit tired. I'm not going to lie. We got to bring the energy up. The Nuggets yeah. are playing too late. Yeah. It is the playoff bad. season. It's, it's, it's a yeah. rough on our sleep schedule. And we got another 8 p.m. start tonight. At least it's Friday, though. At least it's Friday. That's finally Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, lots going on, uh, lots to get excited about, and uh, this is always a fun break, you know, looking forward to the college football season, um, and I like how this one was structured. This one was all brought to you by uh, Justin Michaels' brain power, so I'm, I'm excited <laughs> for this episode. This is a fun one. I just, I'm, I can't help it. I'm in the stage where I'm trying to keep just my mindset and like expectations, you know, at a nice like level spot, but I'm in that zone where it's like, Oh, I don't know. I've got all the inside knowledge. I follow college football. The odds aren't, you know, in Vegas's favor yet, but they're always in Vegas's favor. We know that's how it works. It's going to be fun to get into though. You know, I, I saw on Twitter, uh, Cole Kublasek, he actually, you know, he had a fun Twitter exercise and that was if you had to place $10,000 on any, you know, non-favorite or long shot, to win their conference, what would it be? I put together a little spreadsheet for all of us. We got all the odds, and, and we can just kind of go through conference by conference, talk about the different teams, what's intriguing, and then each, you know, give our our one where if we had to put the money on it, that's where we're going to go. Where should we start? Should we just start, like, at the power conferences, the Big Ten, I suppose? 
Yeah, I'm down Let's with do that. It. Obviously, Ohio State's the heavy favorite at minus 167. For Penn State, they're number two all the way to plus 700. So it, it seems like Vegas is 100% in on the Buckeyes. Makes a lot of sense with the talent that they return. We've talked about it a lot already. I mean, you got Chris Olave coming back. Wilson, it's just a stacked team. Is there anybody in the Big Ten that you think could potentially dethrone Ohio State? Well, nope. for one, I think I'm sorry. Hank. <laughs> I'm just a bit surprised that Penn State's above Wisconsin just because Wisconsin does have yeah. Graham Mertz coming back um, and a variety of other guys. That's just something that surprised me. 100%. I think, um, honestly, there's a couple, I wouldn't call them sleeping giants, but it's a couple teams where, for starters, Ohio State, in i mean it's you're going back to pre-urban meyer this is the most like prime for the taking they've been just because this is ryan day's biggest test as a head coach because you no longer have fields and now you really need to do that transition you need to show you can win with your recruits and you can win with the quarterback you handpicked um i mean here and he inherited a quarterback room with joe burrow and justin fields right so I'm pretty sure the four of us could have won like 10 <laughs> games. And, I'm, I'm um, at least making a bowl game. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I think I'm winning that division at least, if not the entire Big Ten, uh, if that's my quarterback room. So there is that. And you've got a really intriguing Indiana team coming off a Cinderella season last year. Um, though Penning's coming back after the injury. Well, that's their huge advantage. They're of the top Big Ten teams, them and Wisconsin, who would be my other dark horse candidate, are the two who really, you know, have some talent. And not just Penix, they return their best wide receiver, who's a guy we'll keep an eye on. Um, Ethan's played well. Offense played well. There's some good positive momentum for Indiana. They do take the Buckeyes on at home. Uh, road games at Penn State and Iowa are going to be, and Michigan are going to be pretty tricky, though. I mean, that'd be un- in the modern era unheard of for the Hoosiers to pull that off. But I've, if in the Big Ten I was to give out a candidate, it, it's Indiana all the way. Wisconsin, I like them at eighteen hundred like. a lot better than Michigan at plus eleven hundred. Like, what the hell have the Wolverines done to justify the fourth best odds in the Big Ten to win? Absolutely well. nothing. Yeah. They have, they, have they do get talent. Henry's right there. They've lost a lot of talent too, though, you know, and <laughs> man, in college football, it's, it's all about like building momentum and Harbaugh had that thing rolling for a second. Feels like they've really lost um, a lot of momentum, man. Wisconsin talent wise would be the better pick. Their problem is that that schedule. I mean, uh, September, October, you've got Penn State, Notre Dame, and Michigan. So like you're lucky uh, to go one and two in that stretch, you know, like totally realistically by the first week of October, we'll know if Wisconsin's for real or if this just ain't their year. Cause if they can get through that, all they've got is four road games after that. And they're at Illinois, Purdue, Rutgers, Minnesota, like most should all be wins. Yeah. 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 So it it lines up because they're in that easier division too. And you pad that schedule with some big wins against Penn State, Notre Dame, and Michigan all at home, you'd really have some juice, but I don't know. I don't know. Wisconsin feels more like a three-loss program. 
Yeah. Are we feeling on? Sorry, Hank, you go ahead, bro. Yeah. I mean, that's why I think the real value here is probably just Ohio State minus 167. Like, I still just think that they're going to win this conference. And I expected it to be more slanted than that. Although, uh, like you guys said, there's the replacing pieces you don't know for sure, but I'm taking Ohio State until they burn me. How are we feeling on Minnesota with Tanner Morgan's last year? That's what I wanted to ask. Post Rashad Bateman, yeah. you know, what does he look like? I, I don't know. I, I don't feel great about it. I'll, I'll say that. Last year was just so rough on me. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of have faith in PG Fleck to kind of yeah. turn it around again, though. Same. Um I, I think mean, they're gonna win like eight games. I just yeah. you know, in, in terms of competing for the big yeah. ten, I I doubt that. I agree. I'm right there. I just like th- there's just a talent deficit. Like, like I think when you get into the trenches with Minnesota and a team like Ohio State, for example, you're just not gonna win those. But you know, the RPOs with Tanner Morgan at this point, those should be good. Mo Ibrahim's a, a good running back. Mm-hmm. They're good, they're gonna be a bowl team. I don't think they're a contending team though. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the conference where it just matters more. The SEC, the Southeastern Conference. Hank's rolling his eyes. That's okay. (laughs) Alabama at minus 167. It is interesting that Ohio State only at minus 167, same as Alabama, just given that, like, Alabama, Georgia, there's not, you know, that significant of a gap. The gap between Ohio State and Penn State, at least on paper, is pretty significant. I mean, I, I guess it shows in the odds, too, with Penn State being at plus 700 versus Georgia being plus 250. But I'm surprised Ohio State's not something more like minus 250. Anyways, SEC, Bama minus 167, Georgia plus 250, and then it jumps all the way to plus 1,000 at Texas A&M, LSU plus 1,200. Any of this jump out? I mean, Georgia at plus money is probably intriguing. I mean, it, it, it's definitely intriguing. At the same time, being realistic, if I'm making a bet here, it's it's just going to be on Bama again. Like we've we've played this game before. You know, Georgia landed the the two transfers this week: the Darian Kendrick, the the starting corner from Clemson, and then uh, Eric Gilbert, the the tight end from LSU. They have a lot of good players, and I think that they are going to compete for for this number one spot. But again, it's it's Bama, and I'm not. I, I cannot tell people to bet against Bama. I wouldn't. Well, the exercise I, is okay. that's a Bama fan thing to say. <laughs> who's your favorite? Who's your favorite dog in all these conferences? And man, I I can't believe you're getting like Penn State at plus seven hundred. Well, I was going to say like LSU at plus twelve hundred is pretty intriguing. I mean, I, even Florida at fourteen hundred. We got to see what that offense looks like, but they've got so much talent on that roster. I mean, to me, the pick in this exercise is AM to win the SEC at plus a thousand. Um, the talent in the trenches is actually at the level of those other teams. They're coming off a monstrous season. If you guys listen to our top tens, there's a ton of love for AM. You know, um, they've got the tight ends and uh, running back that were in Jake's top 10. They've got talent on both lines. There's actually a ton of talent in the secondary as well at the NFL level. And the schedule is, I mean... Pretty favorable, all things considered. Three road games all season? Are you kidding me? Um, Including Alabama at home. 
Auburn's maybe their other toughest test or Ole Miss LSU on the road, but this is a team that's really going to have a pretty clear cut path. Yeah, it's a new quarterback, but that's the same deal every other big contender in the SEC is dealing with. And I know maybe that's why Georgia's higher at plus 250, but like the value there for Georgia versus AM, with especially everything you just laid out, you know, only three true road games. You know, they got a lot of talent. Obviously, the it, it's all going to come down to quarterback play for AM. And, you know, can they take that offense to the next level and use, you know, all the talent that they have at the skill positions? But a plus 1,000, I mean, you could sprinkle that and make a pretty penny if they come through. Yeah, and you yeah. don't have Georgia or Florida, the big dogs from the East, on the schedule. Yeah, they got to beat Bama and, and win their winnable games. Yeah, I think – to play devil's advocate, you know, the reason the quarterback situation there scares me more than other places is just the, the way that offense works with Jimbo's massive playbook and, and all of the complex reads instead of some of the simpler stuff that you get other places. And even Kelamond, it, it took him a couple of years to get everything down to where they were running that at a high enough level to compete like they did last year. Um, again, I, I still just go Bama here, but. I do I do like Texas A&M and, and the talent that they have. Well, fortunately, like Dre said, I mean, whoever's playing quarterback has the luxury of turning around and handing the ball off to one of the best, probably the yeah. best running back in the country. Yeah, and they the have duo. one of the best security blankets in the country and Jaden Watermeyer also. Uh, real quick, Ole Miss at plus uh, 2,500, though, for a team returning a very explosive quarterback um, yeah. in offense. I know they lost Elijah Moore. But, uh, I mean, if you're on the lane train, yeah. That's a that's a juicy number right there. You're I do love Lane Kiffin so much. This is just kind of a side tangent. I know he's kind of a divisive figure in college football, but I think we need like 50 more coaches like Lane Kiffin. He's just fun. The whole throwing the clipboard in the air and in the middle of the play. And I don't know. I, I'm all in on Lane Kiffin, I guess that's what I'm saying. Let's go to the ACC. Love it. Clemson, yeah, the absurd favorite at minus 835, but that's what kind of makes this one fun because you've got some good teams with some really juicy odds. Miami at plus 700, North Carolina with Sam Howell returning at plus 700, NC State at plus 1800. They've got a lot of talent on the defensive side of the football. I don't know, man. I, I could definitely see somebody like North Carolina at plus 700 being really tasty from a I betting perspective. Miami or North Carolina. I mean, both returning quarterbacks. Obviously, Derek King's got to deal with the ACL. Um, If weren't for that, I would expect them to be um, probably significantly higher runner-up to Clemson. Uh, But North Carolina still, having Sam Howell come back, you're going to have to replace a lot of weapons. But I think this is a team that's really primed to make another run this year. Another team like Indiana, like Texas A&M coming off a phenomenal year with some really intriguing returning talent who you think, you know, can kind of parlay that and uh, have another big one. I'm not a big Mac Brown believer. I'll be, I'll be frank. Um, And I, I think Clemson last year exceeded expectations for how raw they were in some areas and that kind of some of those growing pains from last year are really going to pay dividends this year. Uh, To me, Clemson is one of those where you like parlay them in like five, six different bets and just. Yeah. They're the lock to. No. 
Well, you're probably right, unfortunately. North Carolina, if there's a if you believe in, you know, juice and look good, feel good, play good, they've got the dopest uniforms in college football. So at least they've got that going for them. I mean, I think both those programs could easily be top 12 programs. And I think they could both get their doors blown off by 28 plus points against Clemson because the talent in the trenches is just like, that's the thing. A&M, Georgia, they can compete in the trenches with Ohio State. They you know, A&M is replacing four offensive linemen, though. And you wonder early in the season what that looks like. But but they still, I mean, the, the one returner was an All-American last year. Yeah, I mean, and the beauty <laughs> is you've got Kent State, Colorado, New Mexico to start the season off with. True. And three road games the entire year. So, yeah. They play New Mexico? Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> oh, my God. That's... That's going to be a slot. And I'm actually, New Mexico's trending in the right direction. They're, they're actually going the right way under Danny Gonzalez. But that's, oh, it's going to be ugly. Let's talk about the, the Big 12, and then we'll get a quick break in before we do some of the other conferences, move into the West Coast, Best Coast, the leagues that we love. Yes. Um, Oklahoma, pretty solid favorite at minus 143. But then you've got Iowa State at plus 225. Maybe intriguing with who's, uh, Purdy coming back, some of the returners they have. Uh, Texas at plus 600, Oklahoma state at plus 1000. They're kind of frauds under Gundy, but they're always also always kind of in contention. So maybe we're sprinkling some bringing it after that. It's pretty steep drop off. Yep. This is the conference with the most returning quarterbacks at the top. It's also the conference where I feel the least confident about the big dog, the big favorite here, right? Like, I mean, we said it about Ryan Day, but it's kind of true at Oklahoma as well. Lincoln Riley now needs to prove that with the guy he develops in-house, right. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It'd be the very, like, NFL observer of college football to say Iowa State's the pick. I just don't think they have it. They feel like Minnesota, you know what I mean? Like, they're going to win eight, nine, maybe even ten games. But are they actually going to win the Big 12? Probably yeah. not. They'll peak in October with a big upset or whatever and then just flounder down the stretch. And lose to Kansas State or something. Exactly. The thing with Oklahoma, though, we touched about it last week, is just Spencer Rattler can really make that jump. Um, kind of sloppy at times last year. That I think it was second or third game of the season against Kansas State when he threw four picks and really kind of led them to lose that game. Yeah. Uh, just can't have any of that. Um, I guess in his second full year as a full starter. Yeah. And to me, like this is basically just Oklahoma's to win. Like as long as they don't do dumb things, which they did some dumb things last year. And Spencer Rattler is part of the reason for that. You know, I I will say that if for some reason things go South for Oklahoma, I do think it's our Iowa state that wins it. I just don't think the odds of that are good enough to take the plus two twenty five. Well, Texas, too. If Texas can get a quarterback in there that's actually fairly halfway decent, they'd very well be in the mix. There's the talent. saying that's with Colt McCoy, though. Yeah, true. They do have the talent. Um, and Oklahoma State, man, uh, I, I hate their quarterback, but he's got flashes, too, and he can do some stuff. But, yeah, I, I just don't love Iowa State. Honestly, the Big 12 is kind of a stay away from me. 
Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, there's not really anybody in this conference I'd want to put money on. <sighs> Kansas State's a weird one. They're always going to win a couple of big games. I'll like take them to win some upsets this year, but again, they're like one of those teams that's going to finish 7-5 and five with three wins over top 25 teams and then three losses to like, you know, Kansas or somebody else. It's just a weird When in conference. doubt, go with Gary Patterson at plus 1,400. Good point. It's a good point. That might be the pick if we're talking just what's actually worth it value-wise in terms of being a team that could could jump out. It's them or Oklahoma State, I think. The value just isn't intriguing enough to me at Iowa State or Texas. Yeah, for sure. And then everyone, you mentioned Kansas State, but it's such a long shot. Yeah, that'd that'd be one of those where it's like a Kansas State fan might pan out on that one, but I can't in good conscience tell somebody to put money on them to win the Big 12. 100%. All right, we're going to move on and talk the Pac-12, Mountain West, and some of the other G5 conferences in a second. But uh, real quick, a word from our presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's favorite sportsbook. Uh, I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and it's nearly limitless in the ways that it offers for you to get in on all of the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook. I know you will too, so listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that's still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up and turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you'll claim $100 in free credits. It's promo code DNVR for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also, uh, we've had several of our DMVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years and basically just make them their permanent family dentist. Um, Those listeners have told us um, personally and let us know how great their experience was and they've thanked us for leading them to such a wonderful practice it really is a great place uh, it's a family-owned dentistry that's only 15 minutes away from downtown denver in lakewood uh they're big colorado sports fans and it's just a, a nice place to go get your teeth fixed uh we've had a couple of our employees go out there ali and Lindsay both had their wisdom teeth out um and they were both very happy with how Green Mountain treated them. They're checking in on them every couple of days, making sure they have all the meds they need, um, just making sure they're feeling as good as they should be feeling. Um, the people there actually really care. Uh, they'll send personal cards, do all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, Lindsay said it was the best experience she's had with a dentist in her life. The best part is if you schedule a cleaning x-ray exam right now, you will receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Um, make sure that when you go into Green Mountain Dental and take advantage of this, that you tweeted us, um, that you like tag us, tag them, and uh, make sure that they know how much we support our biggest supporters. 
honestly, a Sonicare toothbrush alone is worth it to get in there. Those things, that's like the, that's the Cadillac of toothbrushes. Can't wow. even, you got to know somebody to get one of those, I think. I don't even, <laughs> anyways. <Wow. laughs> All right, let's talk about the Pac-12, the uh, final power conference. Oregon at plus 275, Washington at plus 275, the betting favorites. Then we got USC at plus 400, ASU at plus 450, and then it drops a little bit with UCLA and Utah at plus 1,200, Colorado at plus 2,000. Then we're getting into the the real, real long shots. So, you know, Hank, you're our resident Pac-12 expert. You're really high on, you know, McDaniels coming back at ASU. Is, is plus 450 worth sprinkling a little dough on? Oh, yeah. I, I think, I, to me, they're the favorite. Um, you know, the South or the conference? I, I think for the conference, you know, Oregon, Oregon's good. And they're, they're good in the trenches. They still have, what, they have one of those running backs that's still there. And, of course, they're always going to have whatever talent that's going through. Um, but to me, Arizona state is so explosive. And I think that when push comes to shove, they're going to be able to put up enough points to beat just about anybody in this conference. Um, what about USC at plus 400. I, I'm, it just doesn't seem worth it. I mean, they're not, they haven't given you any reason to believe that they're going to play good football. Like it's similar to like, like Michigan. You know, where you just say, yeah, sure, you guys have the talent, but what are you really going to do? And the difference is, like, maybe Michigan sneaks through and wins one or two in the last couple of years, if not for Ohio State. And there's no Ohio State in this conference. So USC has actually gotten some decent results. But to me, I I really like Arizona State in this. Uh, To be honest, Colorado at plus 2,000, that's way further down than you'd think for a team that was in a game that could have sent them to the title game last year. yeah, that's where I'm at. What do we think about UCLA and Dorian Thompson Robinson and Chip Kelly kind of, I don't know, is this the year that they finally put it all t- back together and UCLA is back on the map? It's now or never, right? No, I think it's so. It's never. never. <laughs> they just turned the ball over so much. Like DTR, it's, it's every game. Like the UCLA game against Colorado last year, I think they fumbled the ball like four times in the first half. It just, it's been years of this and I don't, think that it's going to change enough for them to win enough to play in the conference championship. Hank, I'm sure you talk about this plenty on the bus podcast, but since we have a crossover audience with the Broncos and Rams on here, who's going to be the quarterback for CU in your opinion? To me, I I mean, it it really is close. I think all three of them, Sam Neuer starter last year, Brendan Lewis, who was the true freshman last year. So they're still true freshman really. And then, uh, JT Shroud, the transfer from Tennessee. I I think if, if I had to make a bet, I'd take Shroud. I just think that, you know, I went back and watched his game against Texas A&M a couple days ago. He was really sharp and he missed on some of the easy throws, but I, I think that it will be Shroud. And I think that that'll kind of unlock some of this receiver talent that was pretty quiet last year. I was going to say, if they can get solid quarterback play, I think Colorado at plus 2000 is at least intriguing with, you know, Broussard coming back in the backfield. Like you said, they have a solid receiving core, pretty decent offensive line. You got Landman coming back defensively. Obviously, he's got to get healthy. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a CSU guy, and I'm saying it's at least worth 
exploring. Yeah. I mean, the Tough only defense. Yeah. The only defense that you'd probably take over Colorado's is Oregon's. And even that, I think, is a conversation. It would, Washington would be a conversation too if they hadn't lost ETF. Man, honestly, Utah's just stealing money at plus 12,000 or plus 1200. Like, they're always relevant, odds. they're always competitive. Same odds as UCLA. Yep. Are you kidding me right now? Um, yeah. Like Utah's advantage in the Pac-12 is they've lapped the rest of the conference like three times over as far as continuity goes. Everyone else has changed their head coach, their AD three, four times. Utah's got the same guy since they've been in the Pac-12. Yeah. And it shows up year after year. They probably have the best defender, not named Kayvon Thibodeau in the conference, and Devin Lloyd. Um, they've had two years now to figure out how to replace that dynamic backfield that they had when they were a shoe in to make the college football playoffs until they lose the last regular season game. Um, you know, I love the tight end. They're always good in the trenches. They're going to be really tough on the D line. I think there's some talent on the O line too. Plus 1200 for a team that doesn't have to play Washington during the regular season. They've got Oregon at home in the very second to last week. Other regular season, their toughest road games, maybe BYU or USC out of conference. They probably have the best home field advantage in the Pac-12 as well, too. 100%, man. And then you're getting all those, uh, you know, warm weather Pac-12 South teams who have to come to you, deal with the altitude, deal with a cold game in Utah in October, November, December. Um, Yeah, it's a huge advantage. So I I think the Pac-12, you know, it'll be a toss-up. Um, once you get to the conference championship game, because I think Oregon-Washington will be pretty good. But, you know, that's a toss-up. I'll be getting, like, plus 200 odds. I think they're the favorites to win the South. Feels like we didn't give Washington enough love in this segment, For sure. just based on their consistency and their – I mean, you know, every couple of years they're back in the Pac-12 championship game, so it kind of feels like they're due. Transition period, though. We'll see exactly. You know, if, if I were betting Pac-12 North, it's absolutely Oregon. Um, I wonder, I got these odds here. Yeah, plus 110 to win the North for Oregon. That that feels real nice. thing with Oregon, though, is we're going to have to deal with a new quarterback. Obviously, Tyler Shuck moving on to yeah. Texas Tech. So, Yeah, at the That's same huge. time, like they, they were just fine last year in Shuck. I... It was just Shuck had his moments, but there are a lot of times where he looked like a freshman quarterback out there. Just, yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't looked into who's replacing him, though. The other thing is, on the Pac-12, I would not overreact too much to what happened last year. Really would. Yeah, seriously. It's a four-game season. Huh. Mm-hmm. Prep was completely stunted. You didn't need, like, you know, that was like, we see teams all the time. They don't look great in September. Shoot, November rolls around. All of a sudden, they're one of the best teams in the in the country. We basically got September football in the Pac-12, and that was it. And maybe why Utah's so far down in the in the list here, just because they had such a shape. I mean, what they go like two and three, three and three, something like that. I mean, it wasn't impressive even for last year's standards. But um, yeah, I mean, really in this conference, especially, you kind of just have to throw twenty twenty out the window. Totally. Yeah. They went three and two, won their last three, beat Colorado when they were ranked. Um, so they closed out the season strong, kind of got going. Um, and actually, I, I was never a fan of Bentley at quarterback. So I think not yeah. having him will be a huge advantage. I mean, I brought up I brought up Brewer, that new quarterback, before last yeah. season because I liked him at Baylor. So and then he mm-hmm. didn't do anything. 
but yeah, I think I think they definitely upgrade there. They just need a running back to, I mean, you know, they had Ty Jordan last year, and there was like the tragedy over Christmas where he sh- shot. And but yeah, I mean, as terrible as it is to spin that into like a football thing, they do need somebody to step up again now. No, no, for sure. Probably the most wide open of all the power conferences. It's going to be by a mile. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch the Pac-12. You know, they don't – obviously, a lot of people on the East Coast, they're not staying up to watch those games. I highly recommend that you do because there's going to be some real fucking shootouts this fall. It's going to be a blast. 12 after dark. CU's going to be good, too. It's back. I, I think they are, too. I'm not, I don't think they're going to be contenders necessarily, but I think they'll be a bull team. Let's yeah. talk about the Mountain West, the Mountain Best – Boise State, minus 110. They're always the favorites. But I got to be honest, man. Nevada at plus 450, I love. San Jose State at plus 500, I like. Even Wyoming at plus 700 is very intriguing. Uh, Colorado State all the way down at plus 4,000, which, you know, CSU hasn't won the Mountain West since 2002. So historically speaking, not in their favor. You don't know what's going to happen at quarterback. But they do return Trey McBride. They do return Dante Wright. They're going to have the best defensive line in the conference. Their linebacking core returns. There's a lot to like there. And at plus 4,000, that's a lot of value for a conference that, you know, should be wide open. But again, haven't won it since 2002. Have never beat Boise State. And until they beat Boise State, you can't, you know, realistically put them in that conversation for contenders. Dre, who jumps out to you in the Mountain West? Um, yesterday there was a bit of an error on the app. So ball state was the favorite rather than Boise state. Um, (laughs) and I assumed that Nevada was just the favorite. So I'm, um, gotta love Nevada plus four fifty. You also need to explain Justin, how I'm getting San Diego state at plus 14. It it all comes down to quarterback play. Basically. You know, San Diego State, it's a great point. They're in it year in and year out. They mm-hmm. basically, like, if you want to lock for a team that's going to win nine to ten games every single year, yep. that has been San Diego State. The difference is they just they haven't had the quarterback play. And with Carson Strong at Nevada, with Starkle at San Jose State, and then Hank Bachmeyer at Boise State, I think there's just a lot of expectations for some of these offenses. I mean, even Hawaii, they've got Chevin Cordero. They're really going to light it up. They spread it out. They have a crazy home field advantage, but I think you're right, man. I think San Diego State at plus 1,400 is a steal. Um, even, you know, Air Force at plus 2,800, they're always competitive. They're just a hard team to play. They have a little bit more continuity this year than they had last year, which should, you know, help them out. But it's, a, it's, it's interesting to see how drastic some of these odds are. Like, they have no faith in Utah State. Um, yeah. New Mexico at plus 20,000. It's just funny to me that it's that like drastic because they actually were pretty competitive in every game that they played last year. But I don't know; they're not going to win the Mountain West. I'm not being crazy, but some really fun quarterbacks. I mean, I I think Sean Chambers not NFL standards, but I mean Sean Chambers has some real talent for the Mountain West. The Wyoming quarterback that is so um, gotta stay healthy. I mean, that's been his Achilles yeah, heel throughout time. his career, big and time. it's because they just they run him you know, 30 times a game sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just mm-hmm. takes so many freaking hits. But yeah. he's a he's one of those Tebow-type players that just kind of, like, wills yeah. you to victory. Not that great. Might only complete, like, 50% of his passes, but three of them are long ball touchdowns. It's just 
they're they're an interesting they're an interesting team. They've got a lot to like, but I think Nevada plus four fifty is is a really solid play. Just given they return everybody, and that was one of the best offenses in the country last year, and they've added some transfer pieces on top of that. Um, if Nevada's bad, I'm going to eat a lot of crow because I've just been talking them up so much for the last month. But I believe in them wholeheartedly. And that's a team we'll be watching for the draft pod because, I mean, there's some real intrigue there with uh, Carson Strong, right? So Yeah, and Romeo Dubs, a really electric wide receiver on the outside, big play type dude, averaged like 20-something yards a catch. They just, they're a fun team. Like, if you just want to watch a late-night game, you know, it's like 8 p.m., there's not much else on, turn on a Nevada game because they're going to throw 50 on the board like every other week. Justin, how are we feeling about a Fresno State bounce back? Second year with Jake Hayner at quarterback, the transfer from Washington. There's uh, they some lost value there, Ronnie man. Rivers, they, but yeah. yeah, losing him hurts for sure. But Hayner looked good down the stretch, man. He he played some really solid football. They were competitive. He brings an interesting dynamic with his ability to you know run around and kind of improvise. He basically single handedly beat CSU because they had great pass rush, but he's just running around, dinking and dunking, finding receivers downfield. Like, for, there's some good value there. I don't see anything other than Nevada that really entertains me here, though. Yep. I mean, San Jose State won the league last year, but it's, again, you know, it's like a COVID year. There was a lot of weird stuff. Um, it was a really fun story. I have a hard time seeing them replicate that success this year. Yeah, and Air Force got a transition at quarterback, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because they'd be in, you know, they'd be intriguing to at least try to mine a buyout by like late October. Um, that's just same thing with the Rams. Such a tough division to win with Boise. In it. Um, that's what I'm thinking with CSU. I think I might sprinkle it and hope they get off to a hot start and then cash out. You know, like before they get to that Boise State Wyoming Air yeah. Force stretch, which yeah. historically just kills their season every single year. Why the Mountain West makes them play those three in? consecutive weeks every fucking year is so frustrating, but that's a whole rant that I'll do on the Rams pod like 15 times between now and the season. Let's talk about the AAC where there's some really good teams. Cincy at minus 230. Like anybody else jump out to you? UCF plus 450, Tulsa plus 900. It kind of feels like Cincy by a mile, but. I want to sleep on UCF, man. Yep. I would not sleep on UCF, and Memphis has pumped out talent lately. Um, shoot, I mean, even Navy have, like, they're no joke. The odds. Yeah. I mean, plus 10,000. They're often ranked um, in, you know, the bottom 25 throughout the year. So, I, yeah, uh, we'll get in. UCF might even have some something worth mentioning in the Heisman talk that we'll do in the next segment. Plus four fifty. Um, so yeah. That's definitely intriguing. Memphis at plus one thousand might be the play, just with their talent and they're really good at home. Mm-hmm. Same here. I was going to say Memphis. Uh, they're bringing back Calvin Austin the third, their leading receiver from last year. Um, Brady White's gone, so you're going to have to get a new quarterback in there. Uh, but this is a team that's shown the ability to recruit and find talent at the skill positions, running back and wide receiver, and they just continually pump out these. NFL caliber players, frankly. Mm-hmm. Especially at the skill positions. This is another one of those conferences we'll be watching a lot, uh, the skill positions for sure. Brady White ended up with the Titans. I mean, 
not a terrible like taxi squad guy to learn behind Tannehill for a couple of years. Stylistically very similar. All right, we can kind of breeze through these last couple of conferences, but they're still worth mentioning. The MAC, uh, much like the Pac-12, very open. Buffalo at plus 300, Ball State at plus 350. I like Toledo at plus 350. They have a really explosive offense. They return a lot of pieces. Uh, Central Michigan at plus 450 could be intriguing just because year three under Jim McElwain, I believe at like each of his last three stops, he's reached the conference championship. So that would be this year for Central Michigan. Could be worth exploring. Ohio at plus 750, they're always competitive. Um, And Western Michigan, they're always competitive as well, but they lose Dwayne Eskridge. So that's... That's tough to really put any faith there. Anybody you guys like in the Mac? Toledo, for sure. I mean, good luck picking the conference winner. <laughs> this <laughs> conference, man. It's the best. It is the absolute best. I mean, it's the first one where like the top four picks are within 100 points of each other. And you could see realistically any of them. It's not, you know, just like mm-hmm. propped up betting odds, just trying to get some interest. Like all of these teams have, have pieces to like. I think I, if I if you really had to go down with it, I think it's Toledo or Central Michigan in terms of where I would want to put my money. But yeah, gonna be a fun mm-hmm. one. I love the Mac, man. I love the Tuesday and Wednesday night games. I love that they've just leaned into yes. the weirdness. You know yes. what I mean? Like they're not gonna outdraw the SEC or the Big Ten on a college football Saturday. So screw it. Put it in the middle of the week. And we need all the football we can get in the middle of the week in the fall. So exactly. kudos to the Mac. No doubt. All right, Conference USA, uh, pretty open as well. Marshall at plus 250. UAB, who came on strong last year, at plus 275. UTSA at plus 300. And then it drops uh, with FAU at plus 800. Western Kentucky at plus 1,000. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know much about most of these teams, but Marshall perennially is a, you know, they're always in a bowl game. They seem to reach the championship game every year. I mean, at plus money, I, I would put it there. I know that's not the point of this exercise, but that feels where the safe money is. Yeah, UAB, UTSA. Um, I mean, even at the bottom here, it feels like there's some programs who have had some on seasons um, that you could take uh, as long shots. But yeah, I'm, I'm not putting much money on conference USA. Louisiana Tech no. at like plus 2,800 maybe? Sure. Mm. <laughs> most of these um, i don't have a lot of faith in any of these teams but western kentucky maybe at plus 1000 they're usually a bowl team all right let's talk about the sun belt and then we'll move on and and talk about the heisman odds louisiana lafayette at plus 125 they have done really well under billy napier uh coastal mm. carolina at plus 200 app state at plus 400 then a massive drop off to troy at plus 1600 yeah. uh, georgia state plus 1800 all three of these top teams mm-hmm. should be pretty good mm-hmm. yeah coastal and app state man there's some value there plus 200 plus 400 for sure um coastal really didn't lose a ton on offense um yeah and App State's always good, always good on defense. So yeah, App State just feels like the at plus four hundred. I think that's worth sprinkling, just because they're going to be competitive. They're going to win, you know, nine ten games. All three of these teams are probably going to win nine ten games. But who can survive each other? 
wonder if there's going to be a drop off with Coastal, just because. Like no, happened a lot last year coming. Like, was that just a fluke? Uh, was it know. a COVID season run, or was it? You know, are they legit? Yeah, they got hot. They played well, but I don't know. If I'm trying to separate who I'm going to bet on, that that's going to be in my mind. One thing with Coastal though. Grayson McCall off a redshirt freshman season played really, really well. I mean, I don't think there's any reason to believe that he would not get better. I mean, true freshman throwing for 26 touchdowns, three interceptions. I know the yardage and the uh, attempts aren't really there, but decision-making add another three games into that, that stat line. And it's looking like a legit stat line. I mean, I don't know. App state would be the only other team that I'd really give consideration here i believe so i like it can't go wrong can't go wrong with app state in the sun belt man all right let's move on and talk heisman uh get one last word in from our partner here before we do and then we'll we'll wrap it on up for you guys uh we have to remind you guys that the lawnmower 4.0 is out and available for purchase. Um, it was just released a couple of weeks ago. Um, we all have had the chance to check it out, and I can say it is somehow better than the 3.0. You know, the, the light you can turn it on and off. It's just, I don't, it just honestly feels like it's built differently than the last one. Like, like the way it feels in your hand, it's just much better. Um, on top of that, they've, they've made improvements to all the things that they always make improvements to. They've added the, um, the guards that you can use to change the size, um, the, the, the length of the trimmer, um, a bunch of cool stuff. And you guys can check that out and uh, get that with the perfect package, with the performance package, so many different bundles that Manscaped puts together. And you can find those uh, at manscaped.com where if you use the code DMBR, you can get 20% off and free shipping. There's products like the Crop Reviver, the Crop Preserver, stuff you've heard us talk about over and over again. Again, you can get 20% off and free shipping with code DNVR at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code DNVR. It's 2021. You still got Bush? Change that with Manscaped. Nice, nice, nice. Um, It's a super wide open Heisman race. The likes of which we haven't had in a so this is a fun one to get into, especially because there are there are definitely some dudes we talked about in a rivaling top tens last week's pod. Um, but here we also can get into a little more of the college football stars and maybe guys who are being underrated from a pro evaluation perspective at this point with a big year could start to be guys we really kind of start to zero in on. Um, Gun to your head, though, who's everyone's, like, Heisman favorite going into this? I think it's going to be Ugalele, the Clemson quarterback, just the talent around him. You know, it was a limited, you know, the one game, obviously, we saw without, or one or two games, whatever it was, um, without Trevor Lawrence, you know, he looked the the part. And then, like you said, you know, they just, 
they probably outperformed last year and now they should be back in a position where they're just going to roll through the ACC. He's going to put up big numbers that it feels like he's a really safe, like almost too safe of a pick. And and I feel nervous about it because I'm so confident in it. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, what scares me there is the fact that like Trevor Lawrence never won a Heisman, which I guess shouldn't be all that related, but the fact that he just went through and didn't get one, makes me wonder if some new guy is going to be able to go do that. At the same time, he definitely, like, he threw for 400 yards, all that. We'll see. I'd go, I'd go Rattler, but it's, honestly, it's wide open, any of these guys. And if I were making a bet, I probably wouldn't take Rattler just because I wouldn't want the, the plus 550 when I could get you know, Sam Howell plus 1700, for example. But if I were just to pick who I think is going to win, the, similar to what Justin said, talent around him. You love having him work with Lincoln Riley another year in the system has all the talent. Yeah. Well, you're all over these favorites, Henry. Um, Jake. Yeah. I would have said uh, DJ also from Clemson. Um, the thing is though, I mean, just like Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck never won a Heisman. It's kind of like oh, oh. LeBron and the MVP award. Right. I mean, you can argue whether he actually is or is not the best player, but then you look at the numbers and he's far and away the best player, but he just doesn't get the award just because, I mean, that's just who they are. Um, knocking on the door, the top 10 though, I on two running backs, Isaiah Spiller. I've already talked about it. 25 yeah. to one. Big and time. then master T get 28 to one um, for Ohio state. Those would be probably my guys. I've got a question though for you guys, because I did a little bit of homework during the, uh, during the break and was looking at the 2020 preseason Heisman odds, uh-huh. Devontae Smith was nowhere to be found. So what are the odds that the uh-huh. actual 2021 Heisman winner is not on this list? I think <laughs> half decent. Yeah, yeah probably. It, it, I'm using Dre's screenshots and it's a really long list. And I feel like they're like, if, if somebody from off the list comes and wins it, it's going to be one of these quarterbacks. And there's just so many quarterbacks listed. I, I guess that it is. On but the I mean, list. off the list to me means like longer than plus 5,000. Okay. So like you're past yeah. Michael Penix, you're past Bo Nix, Brock Purdy, Isaiah Spiller, Master Teague. And there's really like guys like who would ever put money on CJ Verdell? Or like Tyler Shuck or George yeah. Pickens coming off an ACL, um, but there are the name out, there are some long shots on this really list. Like. Yeah, who do you got? Carson Strong, man. If Desmond Ritter's plus thirty three hundred for Cincinnati, if this Nevada offense is as good as I think it is, and granted, this would be you know we're talking fluke type situations, but if Nevada ran the table or something, he would be the reason behind it. Um, I don't know if we're going to see a G5 quarterback win a Heisman just being realistic, but if Desmond Ritter's plus, you know, 3,300, my point is I think Carson Strong is as good of a quarterback as he is, has, you know, the same potential to have the, the similar type season. And he's going to throw like 60 times a game. Yeah. I mean, I'm frankly surprised the odds aren't even offered. Um, I've got another guy kind of down that same lane. Dre's guy, Malik Willis. I don't see him on the list and he's a guy that, that he's going to really yeah. get some numbers and chances to just have some video game performances, with the teams they play against. And then he's also got big games against uh, off the top of my head. I know they play Ole Miss. I know they have a couple mm-hmm. other 
fairly big games too. Yeah. 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 We went through that last week. He at least has three power five opponents. Um, Yeah, man. I I think that'd be interesting. I'll give you a couple long shots who I think are really intriguing on the third page I've got. Um, I'll just say to me, it's DJ by a mile. I think it's very likely that Clemson will go four years in a row with having the best player in all of college football on its team. Um, and it'll be always the, be the Clemson quarterback. Yeah, it was limited last year, but he did that against Notre Dame in his first start. Forced those guys to double overtime. Physically overwhelming tools. We're talking about a set a record that Lawrence never set for most passing yards that game. In one game. I mean, one game, guys. And he, he's got Big Ben, Cam Newton-like, good luck taking him down type um physical traits combined with that kind of bazooka arm um and yeah henry makes a great point of lawrence never winning it but i think what hurt trev was his breakout year as a freshman he only plays like half the season yeah um and dj has this opportunity to kind of break out and explode onto the scene his first year as a full-time starter um and yeah I, i hear you guys on carson strong and stuff but, you know, to play devil's advocate, like Zach Wilson wasn't even a Heisman finalist last year. True. Well, no, that's why I'm just saying I was just like that. He was the first Holy name I thought of that I don't see on this list, which surprised me a little bit. That it's he's not even such on there. a long shot um, and worth noting from the early odds in January. Rattler has gone from plus 300 to plus 500. Bryce Young, um, the highly touted. Uh, presumptive starter at Alabama. Fair to say, Justin. Um, uh, yeah. He's he's bounced from plus four hundred. He's uh, no longer the second favorite, as DJ has surpassed him. I think that's interesting. Um, DJ slightly gained a little more value from plus six fifty to plus six hundred. JT Daniels though has really gone up from plus eighteen hundred to plus twelve hundred. He is now the fourth favorite on this list and it's not going to put up those numbers. Dude, not with Pickens. Who trust, who trust Kirby smart to figure that out too. Yeah. Like this feels in slightly different, but not all that dissimilar to what Kevin Sumlin had going on at A&M post Manziel, where every young quarterback wants to go there. And instead of like picking one and kind of sticking to that route, Sumlin was just like loaded up, brought everyone in and always made the wrong choice. And that cost them a job. And I mean, they've had so much talent at quarterback at Georgia, but Kirby keeps going with these, uh, you know, the, the game manager types and it's not working when then they got to play the big dogs in the conference. So color me skeptical on JT Daniels. Um, what about Jaden Daniels at plus 3,300? Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. It's it's possible. He he could definitely put up those numbers. I wonder I personally I'd expect the turnovers to still be kind of high. And that's why for Heisman in particular, I don't love it as much. But it's not a bad bet. It's a long shot. As a long shot, you can see. Um 
But yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the other. The Heisman's really become the MVP award. Like, if you're not on a top five ranked team, I don't think you're even getting considered for the Heisman, which is nuts, you know. Um, but with that in line, as far as super duper long shots, I think uh, Tua's brother, Talia Tagovailoa, who had two otherworldly games last year, then two pretty crappy ones. He puts it all together in a Big Ten that's fairly open. Um, you know, maybe he's a finalist and your plus $15,000 bet gets you a nice return. And I mean, I've in my lifetime, I've really only seen this once with Ndamukong Sue, but if it's a wacky year, Kayvon Thibodeau has the raw tools to be like a finalist as well. How Many about long shots? Another Big Ten guy, Michael Penix. I mean, you, the storyline's kind of there, right? Coming off the ACL, if he can just come in and settle in nicely in September and then really take him on a tear through the Big Ten throughout October, November, uh, why not him? Uh, we already mentioned Fry Fogel's coming back. Uh, what's the coach's name? Allen. Uh, he yeah. really, seems to really be building a program out there. Um, what are his odds? I'm The one I'm looking at is 5,000. Okay, yeah. So it's about it's the same at fifty to one. Um, I mean, we're talking long shots. Yeah, he showed real talent last year. He to me is the same kind that Jane Daniels boat, where it's just like just needs to get better as a passer, just needs to become an efficient passer. He has narrative on his side. He's going to also have the benefit of playing in the Big Ten versus playing in the Pac twelve, and you know that shouldn't be a thing, but it is. Like more people watch the Big Ten than watch these West Coast games, so. All of that could could play in his favor. Is there anybody else that intrigues you? I mean, I love Max Bor- Borgie, but I'm pretty surprised he's on here, even at mm-hmm. 50 to 1, yeah. just given that Washington State's going to be god-awful. Yeah, he's just going to get the ball every play. It's not, it's not going to be enough for them to win anything, though. Colorado kid, though. Gotta love him. I watched him yeah. play in high school. A bunch of Pomoda was electric. One of those dudes that... It's uh, it's unfortunate he slipped out of the backyard. There is some know. buzz with Emory Jones, um, the presumptive starter at Florida. Dan Mullen, obviously very good. Um, and they are in the East. You know, if they could ride him out to, like, the SEC championship, even if they lost to the winner out West, still could very much be a high-end candidate. And I think kind of the the – true dark horse or unknown is a guy like Jack Miller, who's assumed to be the starter at Ohio state. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why you're getting him as a top 10 candidate or Quinn Ewers could be nothing. Right. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah. Um, so Dylan Gabriel right. at plus 5,000 is a little bit intriguing. Just given if UCF goes on another run, if they have an undefeated season and he puts up big numbers, they have enough, clout i think with their name where he could probably have a better chance than a cincinnati or a nevada quarterback for instance and he opted out last year right we didn't see him last year yeah correct yeah um yeah which gives ucf a little more of a bump as a little uh, yeah you know real quick on georgia it just kind of feels like there's too many names on here and that they're all just going to play themselves out um obviously jt daniels being the biggest but i mean Pickens is on the list. Amir White is there. They're bringing back James Cook, Dalvin Cook's brother at running back also. They also have Karis Jackson at wide receiver. Uh, kind of just feels like too many names for Georgia to really 
have one guy stand head and shoulders above the rest. Good point. Yeah, I will say if there's someone to fall into the Devontae Smith mold, we our whole staff here is pretty high on both Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, the talented stud wide receivers at Ohio State. You're getting that them at extraordinary odds. What can you get Olave at? Plus ten thousand. Yeah, that that'd be worth sprinkling a little bit on just because he's gonna put up insane numbers. Yep. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think right, to me that's... still the best value, is Sam Howell, plus seventeen hundred. He's to me. I mean, I mean, he's he's right in that conversation. I still, the more I think about it, the more I think that, that is probably the best bet. Took us this long to mention his name, but I think you're right, Hank. Yeah, I think I said it at the beginning. We just didn't really dive into it. Yeah. yeah, my bad. I said Spencer Rattler. If you're just taking one. Sam Howell, if you're looking for, at the numbers too. Worth noting, Howell opened at plus 800. He's at plus 1700 now. Huh. I wonder um, what the drop-off is. If it's, you know, Mac Brown skeptics like you, or if it's just because the talent around Ugalele and, and Rattler is going to be so superior at the receiving core that... Just from looking at this, it looks like... Um, the opening lines were a little more spread out and more talent-based. And now we've zeroed in on the top guys for the top contending programs for the Natty. And so that's what that's really what's happening. Because uh, same goes for Jaden Daniels. Um, same goes for Derek King. Uh, I believe Slovis has also lost some value. Um, so really, Rattler, Ugalele, um, JT Daniels have moved up. And everyone else is kind of settling in. When did the lines come out? Was it before we knew who was coming back? January 8th. Yeah, so, I bet that's what it is for Howell. I, because mm-hmm. at the time, I'm saying maybe he keeps one of those two running backs. Maybe he keeps whatever. Good point. I oh, talked about point. it last week with Howell. I mean, the stage is kind of set for him, man. Okay. Obviously, you lose the running backs. You lose the wide receivers. If he can really elevate this team back or higher level than they were last year, he's got to be at least knocking on the door of Heisman finalists, if not a shoe-in to be there in New York when it's all said and done. It does seem like the Heisman winners usually do have a lot of help, though. Like, just off the top of my head going back, it doesn't seem like you see somebody from Hal's situation actually win it very often. I mean, they are bringing back some talent and people think they're on the up and up and, you know, there'll be more more talent down the pipeline. He does have a unique advantage in that I think North Carolina and Howell are one of those program players where even with two losses, as long as you're like ranked in the top 10 and maybe one of those two losses was like on a big national stage in a really close game, where you still played well, well, you'll kind of get the Johnny Manziel treatment. You know, even if you're not on a playoff team, you still did enough to earn it in maybe a more wide open year. He's got some flash too, which I think also, you know, it helps being one of those guys that runs around that's exciting and that gets the sports center type plays. All of that stuff matters. Baker Mayfield 2.0? Yeah. And, you know, we talked a lot about the running backs, but that left side of the offensive line was just – creating huge holes all year last year watch just if you go back and watch last year they ran left so often 
Do, do any of those linemen return? I'm pretty sure both of them do. I, I, I don't have the names in front of me, which is my fault, but um, they're, I'm pretty sure they were both sophomores. One might be a junior, but they were men amongst boys out there just moving people. That's a factor too, though. Good. Old, I mean, yeah, you're losing two dynamic running backs, but if you've got even a competent one behind a solid offensive line with an athletic quarterback can do pretty great things in college football. Yeah. Frankly, the wide receivers concern me more than the losses in the back. Me too. Sure. All right, let's, let's wrap it up, but just kind of briefly, I do have, we have some odds on 2021 national champions, Alabama, the favorite at plus 225. Then Clemson at plus 300, Ohio State plus 400, Georgia plus 700, Oklahoma plus 700. And then it's a, a pretty substantial drop off with LSU and AM at 2,500, Iowa State at plus 3,300, Florida plus 4,000, UNC plus 5,000, and on down the line. Who jumps out to you here? I mean, Clemson not being the favorite is a little bit surprising to me. I know Alabama returns a lot, but you have a proven quarterback versus, you know, there's a lot of hype for Young, but it's still just hype until we see it actually play out. Uh, Clemson at plus 300 is probably where I would recommend putting your money. 100%. And then I'd go A&M at plus 2,500. I, I think it's pretty telling you can get them to win their conference at plus 1,000. Just slightly over double, though, to win the Natty. Um, like the third most likely to win the SEC is the fifth most likely to win it all or seventh most likely. So it kind of jives with me like an A&M to win the SEC. Like Vegas is I, telling you it's not that impossible. And I'm tied with LSU too. How the hell is LSU so high up here? Come on, man. Yeah, like this is a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. They're terrible. They are awful. They were so bad defensively. They had legitimate yeah. quarterback issues. I just don't understand how on God's green earth you can put LSU as the sixth-ranked team in the odds to win the Natty. It's, I mean, I agree it's not going to happen. But also, like I look at Iowa State and say that's not going to happen. Florida's not going to happen. North Carolina's not going to happen. Oregon's not going to happen. And there's just like that line there where it's like at least they did it two years ago. And if one of these teams is going to have a fluky get-hot season – Putting LSU just ahead of Iowa State, Florida, all them. Sure. That's cheese, LSU that high. 100%. I agree. That's, that's cheese if there ever has been. I guess, are there any, it is there any like crazy long shots? Like that lightning in a bottle season where a Burrow, a Cam mm-hmm. Newton just comes out of nowhere and you ride them to the natty. LSU has as good a chance to pull that shit off as anyone, I suppose. But yeah, you're right. That's, I mean, the worst kind of cheese. Sorry, Justin, what were you saying on other long shots? No, you're good, dude. You you were making a good point there, and I kept fucking interrupting you. Um, we have, is there anybody, like, that's crazy odds that you could be like, you know, maybe like a plus, like a Notre Dame at plus 8,000? Like, yeah. maybe. I mean, maybe. That, that seems more likely to me than Iowa State, even at plus 3,300. So if we're talking value there. I like that better or, you know, ASU at plus 10,000. Obviously that seems pretty crazy, but I don't know. I mean, maybe Notre Dame's proven under Kelly that they should not be taken lightly. They are a legit contender. And that schedule is actually 
extremely easy. Don't have a road game until October 9th. They do face Wisconsin and Cincinnati. Oh, I'm sorry. They do have the, the season opener against Florida State is a road game. Florida um, State's going to suck. For Notre Dame's schedule, for standards, and there are some tough games like USC, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, Stanford even, Wisconsin. It, it sets up nice. I mean, Notre Dame should win all those. Yeah, they should be yeah. favored. I mean, I think Notre Dame is probably the only one that I look at well, outside of like the top four, include Georgia. How about Cincinnati, though? Also at plus eight, that eight hundred or eight thousand. I mean, it's a G five team, I know, but mm-hmm. we're talking about probably the most talented G five team. Uh, I mean, the chances of them going whatever twelve and zero, thirteen and zero, have got to be. Mm-hmm. Problem is that high. still might not even be enough. You're not for Cincinnati. Yeah. You have to not only bet that they're going to run the table, but that there's going to be only like two definitive college football teams coming out of the P5, and that you know the third and fourth spot are up for grabs. Because if it's even, if it's even close, if there's an SEC team with one loss or two losses, they're getting in over an undefeated Cincinnati. Yeah, and I guess like you could take the buyout or something, but when push comes to shove and it's Cincinnati versus Bama or Clemson or Ohio State, yeah. I I'm not gonna like True. the bet at that point. They were competitive in that bowl game until the ejection. Yeah, hundred percent. Utah, twenty five hundred, twenty five thousand plus twenty five thousand. Just throw that out there. They could make the playoffs. They could make the playoffs. What is Mizzou doing on this list? It's just because they're, they're in the SEC. High. Yeah, they're kind of high in the SEC ranks as well. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that's the thing. If you're in the SEC, you've got, like, top 25 odds to win the net. I mean, Ole Miss at plus 15,000, you know, like yeah. we said, they return a pretty explosive team, but it's just, are you really going to put money that they're going to survive this gauntlet? No way. No, no, it's no, Notre no, Dame. No. If you're going anybody out of the top five, it's Notre Dame. 100%. 100%. Yeah, and honestly... I would just take Bama or Clemson, and you're going to be happy at the end of the season. Oh, dude, the top three. I'll throw Ohio State in there, too. Ohio State, too? Uh, yeah, I, a little more question for me, but sure. Why not? Clemson all the way, man. I'm riding them. I know it's happening. So Sounds good, guys. I can't wait for college football to be back. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope, you know, you guys maybe learned a little bit. This was obviously a little bit different of a format than what we normally do. But it's the offseason, so we're having a little bit fun. Um, mm-hmm. We'll be back next week. We're always going to be talking NFL draft, NFL, college football, all of the above. I'm Justin Michael. Thank you to everybody that listens to this. From Andre, from Hank, from Jake. Have a phenomenal weekend. Much love. <laughs>